Good morning and welcome to Thursday morning, September the 28th in 2023 on When I Rise. Today we continue year A, proper week 21, which is the 18th Sunday after Pentecost. And on the Thursday of the week, let's take a look at the New Testament letter passage, which comes to us from this week from the Revised Common Lectionary in this week of the church's calendar year. And so we find ourselves back in the book of Philippians, Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. So let me read that passage, provide a couple points for reflection. And then we'll spend our time praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making us part of your morning on When I Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being in one spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God, something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my dear friends, as you've always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. This is the word of God for us. So this is really one of the most famous passages in the New Testament. There's a good chance if you've read the Bible devotionally that uh, you've encountered you know, all the parts of this passage, probably the heart of the passage, which starts in verse 5. But uh, if you've ever been to a summer camp or a chapel or a retreat, there's a good chance that someone who was uh, willing to share maybe for the first time to a group of people, they may have gone to Philippians chapter 2 because there's just a lot of comfort in this passage. There's a lot of great things about the Christian life that are illustrated in this passage. And so there's no doubt that as we opened it up today, if you have a, like a, you know, analog Bible, if you, you know, if you're like from the stone age of devotional reading, you still pull a Bible from the shelf, like some of us do, then you probably got notes in the side. And uh, it's just worth noting that um, in verses five through 11, uh, that there's a good chance that this may have been one of the first Christian songs, first Christian hymns or confessions or creeds is a real compressed statement about uh, Jesus and his sacrificial life and death on the cross and uh, the promise of the resurrection. And so there's there's a good chance you probably have heard a, a good sermon on it before, uh, maybe on another day and time, either over the phone, over text, in person, we could talk about the theological idea of kenosis, which is the emptying, Jesus emptying himself into the world uh, for the sake of others. And we could talk about kenosis sometime as a governing theological idea of the Christian faith. So we can just put that to the side for now. But 
Um, it's just kind of funny. Like at, at the time of this recording, I just uh, had to do a prayer devotion for our church staff here. Um, what's cool is that one of my teammates, Jana, she farms that out to different people on staff, and it's neat to see how other people approach prayer. But uh, I got to lead yesterday, and I actually mentioned Philippians chapter 2, verse 1, and I thought that I would just share a bit of what I shared yesterday because it's kind of fresh on the mind. That's like the hottest thing in the, the kitchen that I'm cooking right now. But I was at a conference uh, this past weekend, and there was a you know counselor who was talking about and uh, the role of parenting, when it comes to our kids, we could either connect with them or we can have an agenda or request something from them, but not both at the same time, right? And sometimes we make that uh, maybe misstep as a parent where we want to um, request something from them. And so we try to lead with connection and then we get to the request and our children tend to go away from that encounter going, that connection was just kind of like uh, surfacy, like they were, that was a means to an end. Like the, the request is actually the most important thing. And so um, they begin to, maybe there's a miss there. There's like a little pain in the heart because they don't know if we really wanted to connect with them or not, or whether we just used it in order to get our message across. And so this therapist gave this great advice. When it comes to dealing with your kids, you either connect or you ask and give a request. Um, never both at the same time. And I begin to think about that like that probably applies to many other areas of life too. I mean, think about whenever you as a supervisor, maybe your supervisor sits down with you and there's like small talk, you know, chatter and, and banter and you think, okay, like they're wanting to connect with me and then they kind of lay the heavy on you. It's like, oh man, that the, all that banter, all that connection didn't seem to be very genuine, right? Or we even do this like, um, in, speaking of church life, we, didn't, we tend to do this in what we call evangelistic events, where we have like a something that we bill as a hangout, a community time, but then somebody, you know, in the middle of the meeting gets to the front of the room and they pull out like some folded papered notes and they share their testimony and they try to call people to Christ. And so people who legitimately came because they thought it'd be a great place to meet people and connect, they felt like there was a bait and switch that we just lured them there um, in order to like give them a message instead, right? And so I just kind of, I don't know, I've been rethinking prayer in my own life. I've been a Christian for, you know, 20 some odd years now. And sometimes when things are overgrown in my faith, where I've made things too complicated, I just kind of chop away at it, get back to the root and start over. And I started thinking about prayer and the two different modalities of prayer. How prayer is a time for us to connect with God. Like we really sense God's presence in prayer. And uh, we also give our request to God. That's what Jesus tells us to do that, you know, to go to that quiet place, the inner room and make our re- our request known to God. Like don't use prayer as a talent show way to prove that you have a great spirituality. And uh, we can also look at later in the book of Philippians where Paul says uh, that we shouldn't be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So prayer at its most basic is offering requests to God. And it's also connecting with God in communion. And so what I've done is I've got this piece of paper. Uh, one half says connect, and I fold it in half, and the other side says request. And so whenever I come to a time of prayer, I just make it known exactly what I'm here to do. Um, there are times when I pray that I want to give requests to God. I've got requests like you have requests, things from my own life or my loved one's lives or requests that have been handed to me because of my role in ministry or in the community of faith. And so I make those requests to God. But I don't... Um, rush to those requests. 
I, I, I want to connect with God. And there's sometimes where I just connect with God and, and make no requests. And so I actually use verse one of Philippians two as a way to connect. And I just keep some of these words in mind as I connect with God. Um, I just begin to say, God, I come to you because it's encouraging to do so. Um, here in this moment, I feel united with Christ. Um, right now, I know that I, I'm receiving your comfort because you're a good God. Um, I know that your love pours into my heart, and I've sensed it before, and I sense it again. I sense your Spirit's nearness to me, um, that he is revealing Jesus to me. And in this moment um, of friendship with you, God, I feel tenderness and I feel compassion. Some of these other things that come from the first few verses of Philippians 2. And so I just kind of give that to you as something to try. That before we lob requests at God, before we hurry to you know, making our appeals to God, what if we connect with Him? And maybe just your very next prayer time, say, I'm not going to give any requests to God because our relationship is more than just me offering requests to Him. Now, let's just be honest. God loves our prayers. He loves our requests. He wants to conform them to his will. Like He's a good God. He wants to give good gifts to us. He's also our friend, right? And imagine if um, we had a friend in our life who just came to us in this only when they needed something. Um, I think that we would probably not think much of that friendship. Uh, but the friend who's there to connect with us, who can have a boring conversation with us and it's still a noteworthy thing from the day, like that's the good stuff of friendship, right, and community. So here's going to be my ask, is that as we go to a time of prayer with God, I'll pray here in the next segment, and maybe you have a few more minutes to spend. Just spend some time with Philippians 2.1 open, either on your phone or a Bible on your lap. Just look at some of these words, some of these responses, some of these experiences that we have with God. And don't ask anything. Just sit there and reflect on how these things are true because you and I have friendship with God. So with those things in mind, let's we'll spend some time praying to our God this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're a good God, that you give us good gifts, and we thank you that we can surely bring our requests to you. We thank you that you're eager to incline your ear to our prayers, and that also conveys love to us. We also recognize and relish the opportunity to just commune with you as our friend. And so God, we thank you for some of the words that are expressed here in this famous passage about uh, union with Christ, comfort and compassion and tenderness and love. So as we think about those things, we immediately think of you and we think of how you've been present in our life. And so in the next few minutes in front of us, God, we vow to make no request to you, even though you would take them. But we do simply want to commune with you and we want to open up our life and open up our minds and our heart uh, simply to be with you. And so we pray once again, this is our only one request, that you would convey your presence to us, that you would commune with us, that you draw near to us as we draw near to you. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.